Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Bottom, Season 3, Episode 16, also known as Episode 99. I'm one of your hosts, Alejandro. With me is the uh, the man the size of a walking carpet. Oh, hey, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, I was deciding on that or Chewbacca, but... <laughs> I, I could go with either. My dog looks like Chewbacca enough that he dressed up as him for Halloween. No, but no, that's for real, like... Your dog is adorable. It's like that big, giant fluff of an animal. Yep. Big old curly brown fur. Yeah. That I'm always jealous that he never makes a noise when we're recording compared to mine, which is a yeah, nice... He's a nice... literally behind me, laying down, chewing his bone. Yeah. And mine will always gonna start barking at the at the sight of any movement, literally. Nope. So, Anything. So, Paul, can you believe next week is episode 100? The fact that it coincides with so many things. Episode 100, the roughly the third year? They yeah, begin like the official circle. Yeah. Oh, and May the 4th, which given our recent Star Wars renaissance, uh, mm -hmm. just makes everything better. And the thing honestly. that comes out tonight. <laughs> and the thing that comes out tonight that I can't play yeah. until <laughs> late tomorrow now. Because I, I was supposed to work from home, and I was really excited. I was planning it out. I was dropping mm -hmm. the right hints. And then right at the middle of today, my boss said, Hey, could you come do this thing? Like, we're going to work together on this thing in the office because he's flying out of town. Mm -hmm. Should have seen it coming. Oh, yeah. And... That's the thing you told me that he was going to be out for like a full week, right? Right. Yeah. So... I should have realized, oh, he's going to want to knock out everything he can the last day of the week before he leaves. Should have seen it, but I didn't. So it just like he was facing away from me when he said it. And like the stone face that I was trying to keep on my face. Well, just my stomach dropped and it was yeah. just like of all days. <laughs> no, not tomorrow. Please yeah. say psych. Hey, to make you feel better, I have stuff to do tomorrow also out of my home. So I might be in the same boat because tomorrow, uh, the 28th is bank payment day for us. Mm -hmm. So that's like that usually can take a, the, the entire day. So I might still I might also be in that in that same It does honestly about, make so. me feel slightly better. I already feel bad enough because like half the world it feels because um, all the YouTubers are mm -hmm. posting there spoiler free but also fully showing all of the new styles force mm. powers worlds and his cosmetic items so at least that much has shown up and i'm pretty sure i saw somebody like badly photoshopped certain things that don't exist in that game into there i won't say them just in case they're real but um it's a big game so it might they might it, it so. might have so it's like i feel like that's fake but who knows <laughs> anyway Ah, oh, Lord have mercy. And also, yeah. you can't play today because you have to wait until your midnight for that thing to unlock. My that actual un midnight. That unlocks for me till ten. So, like, yeah, you lucky son of a gun, gonna be able to play that thing. Yeah, because it's but, currently uh, my three forty nine. Like, currently from where when I'm recording, it's your uh, five forty nine. Yeah. So, so yeah, we finish recording this. I'm gonna edit it, and then I'm gonna go finish watching the Last Jedi because that was my current movie. I stopped, oh my goodness. Yeah, I stopped it right when Holdo uh, is scolding Poe about like him being a hmm. flyboy and all that. So Does that th mean you end up finishing Obi-Wan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I finished Obi-Wan and watched Force Awakens today also. And then I uh, was going to watch The Last Jedi, which I'll save my thoughts for a chat for that one. Uh, all right. But just real quick, I don't know why I still like that movie so much. <laughs> That's all. That's all I'll say. Maybe that's uh, why, because just like how I really love Solo, and you're like, I'm not really sure if I see it, uh -huh. um, the same way that at least I do. I I can understand it because there's, there's. I like Solo way more this cool. time that I watched it. I am glad for that. Yeah, because I have not seen it in theaters. I hadn't had the motivation, the desire. It was just so utterly forgettable. And then I saw that again. I was like, yeah, this is maybe not a great movie, but a great fun time that. I no longer remember it after watching it two days ago. So the same thing happened. It's just it's just sugar. But we can, I can't wait for that, Paul. But before we can get to that, we have to get through this episode because this is the X Bottom Podcast, our gaming podcast that posts every Fridays from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing. Available in the YouTube channel Escape Gaming, as well as most other services around the world. 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find links in the RSS feed at now listen to this. Podcasters at Spotify.com slash pod slash show slash escape dash gaming. If you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. I'll just say this Spotify. So because they bought Anchor. So now like my RSS feed, feed link is a complete nightmare to say. So, so yeah, but hey, they're hosting our show, but yeah, screw corporations. But you know that, Paul. Uh, tell me, we haven't been playing much, but I want to hear from your things first. <clears throat> Uh, I've reached a new level of kind of almost burnt out on Destiny 2 again. Um, there's just a lot that's going on right now, and I have zero interest in the seasonal activities. Um, zero interest in the story for the seasonal stuff. You had it spoiled. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but even then, it was like, it's just not obvious enough that it means that I just don't feel like doing it. Um, because a lot of the things in Destiny, like, if it doesn't put a marker to where I need to go to activate the thing, it's, like, not worth my time. Uh, because I don't want to pull up, or especially if it's, like, a hint or something, it's, like, do this thing. Like, for instance, the, that one quest that has you, like, defend an area of Neomuna or something, but it's so vague that I don't really know what it wants but me that's to not, do. that's not the season. That's expansion. No, no, that's something else. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, in general... They've really liked to do that sometimes, and those are my least favorite things because it forces you to go find a video to know what they actually want you to do because there's not a clear enough description. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that really bugs me about games uh, sometimes, and specifically Destiny because they love doing it. Um, you like having your hand hold. That's because I just don't have the time <laughs> to force myself to go do the thing itself. Uh, cause then I'd waste like an hour of my precious time trying to figure it out anyway. Yeah. So that's just frustrating on the plus side. We went through our marathon. So shout out to our clan mm-hmm. for, uh, going through, what was it? Five raids with so, us in. So we did, uh, if I remember correctly, this, this past Sunday, it was Bolt of Glass, King's Fall, Last Wish, uh, Root of Nightmares and Deepstone Crypt. So yeah, five raids. Only the five. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, yeah. Five raids. And then y'all went ahead and finished uh, Vault of uh, Vow of the Disciple. the Disciple. Yeah. yeah. The only one that we didn't do was Garden because we're never going to do that raid. Because five, because one of our clanmates needs that completion to get up and uh, get another level in the Guardian ranks. The completely arbitrary thing. Because that, that's the funny thing with Guardian ranks is like, you don't really need to use it. That's just kind of like a vanity no. thing to pursue and kind of like show how much you play the game. And he he just needs to do uh, Garden of Salvation. Our clan is nigh on incapable for some reason of completing that raid. Um, no. I completed it before, but only twice with the previous version of our clan. And it's just that by always happenstance, unfortunately, every time we have to do that raid, it has to be a, like a teaching raid. And... Like our buddy Don, uh, Duchess that was he- with us here two weeks ago is like him having to explain that, and it's like such a long explanation for what is so simple mechanics. It's exhausting, and I understand why he can be so exhausted of him being the one that has to explain noobs what to do. It's it can never be a raid where everyone that at least has done it once we can be like okay let's just let's just plow through plow through plow through until yeah. we get into the boss where we stopped before so. I don't know when that's gonna happen, but one day will. It's just not gonna be with fire because we want to like stonewall. We want to blue wall him. <laughs> so. Poor guy, fire. I feel bad for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's happening. But I'm just real proud of the crew that went through us with all of that. Um, moving into the next game that I played was No Man's Sky. I went back because of the interceptor update and uh, found out exactly what that entailed. Realized how cool the ships were. All the very star wars like very fitting oh yes uh got built up around that um and at a certain point my enjoyment started to wane in that game slightly because uh both how frustrating it is to build out the systems capable like you have to grind to be able to really play what the game has to offer yeah Um, a lot of planetary materials and start digging like minecraft style i think 
when Duncan described it as Minecraft in space, it finally clicked for me, like what it is. But then at the same time, for most of like your systems in Minecraft, you have access to them, even in your regular survival mode. Uh, it's just a matter of finding them and utilizing them. But for No Man's Sky, a lot of what you need to do is locked behind either nanites, the currency for that, uh, or research points or nodes or something and both of those are like if you follow the right guides or whatever there's always a meta of how to do it but it's a constant grind and farm to be able to unlock the blueprints needed to actually build the things you need whereas minecraft it's like you make the shape or you find it in your little booklet and then you could just build the thing <clears throat> so i finally figured out as i showed you uh there's an accessibility option where you can completely remove the requirements for most things including like fuel consumption survival mechanics um and even down to the merchants uh no longer require money or items for you to craft and that is a boon for sure because there's so many cool things that i want to build in that game uh like bases and things that just get held back by all that so I spent like most of the day buying everything for free and then just going and wanting to build stuff. And they have such detailed things now that you could just make just about whatever you want in that game. So I might play that game a little bit more today just to do a little bit of that. But I know that my enjoyment of that game is probably going to be wrapping up already uh, because I also fully kind of remove the reason to play the game because when you take away the grind there's mm -hmm. nothing left except to build the thing <laughs> that you want so i'm going to build the thing that i want and then i'm going to sit back and go this is wonderful and then delete the game off my hard drive i think ah mm -hmm. uh, after that i jumped into ghost of tsushima because i'm really craving an open world adventure game right now involving swords <laughs> <laughs> and uh I can't play the game that I want to play, so I... Only one more day, Paul. Only one more day. I know. I know. I know. Uh, and then I'm not going to be able to play for most of the weekend anyway, but alas. Uh, yeah, so went back, and what I did this time is I started fully from scratch, so everything is out there in the world to find and accomplish, and I also changed the audio to the Japanese audio mm -hmm. with English subtitles, and it really with does change. With proper lip sync this time. Because Correct. it didn't have that before. It's still not the best. It's very clearly hand done in a lot of places where mm -hmm. they're just kind of trying to recreate the vague look of where their mouths would be. Mm -hmm. um, so every once in a while, it's it's a bit of that kind of Muppet talk. But at least it's closer than like the English audio being muted and put in with like another language. So that actually is really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... What were you playing in Ghost of Tsushima? Were you still doing uh, the the Iki Island expansion? No, or... I had already finished that. Um, so I just restarted the uh, restarted the game from scratch, essentially getting to replay the big charge scene and all of that stuff. Um, I I don't know how long it'll go for me because honestly, I was already kind of not feeling somewhat. Um, because I just really want to play Jedi Survivor right now, so I'm mm -hmm. like trying to waste time until that comes out, but also try to find something that holds me over uh, that way. So I'm gonna keep playing those latter two more so probably. And just watch the Star Wars movies. Don't play anything. <laughs> just watch the movies for the rest of the day. We got to at least rewatch uh, the finale for Mando season three, so that was nice because mm -hmm. Elizabeth missed out on that before. And uh, it was it was better the second time around, I think, than the first. Yeah. Um, it was so much better for me not knowing that I didn't have to expect like deaths that didn't happen that I was yeah. expecting were gonna happen. So that th those types of finales are better to watch, like when your expectations are kind of like out the window, so you can just enjoy it for what it is. And that's a really good finale for a very yeah. like for the weakest season of the show. So. Yeah, I think more more so now than ever, I'm agreeing that it was the weakest. There's parts of it that, like, the... I think I was getting confused by that 
best episodes of season three are better mm-hmm. than some of the middling episodes of season two. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of going back and forth, but now I'm like, yeah, okay, it's not the best, but yeah, season one was really even, fun. but even season one, was, I I feel like season one has emerged right now. Like now that I've rewatched all of it, it's my favorite season of that show. More specifically, because that Probably was like so. purely Mandalorian. Uh, season two was awesome, like as an overview of the things that it can connect with. But the mm. first season of Mandalorian just was just this still pure fun that holds up much better now that we've uh, when you see how the show basically got hijacked, like went to hijack yeah. a show and got hijacked. <laughs> like it, it was like a reverse Uno card. Mando went to hijack uh, Boba Fett and then Bo-Katan came in to hijack uh, Mando in season three. Though I feel. But mm. the reason why that happened is that do you know that um, this show uh, season three started a production in the middle of Last of Us production. And, I and actually before, just found that yeah. out, I think, today, in fact. Like, just how bad that was, mm-hmm. where almost all of, like, Pedro Pascal's appearances are just ADR mm-hmm. and voiceover, and it's just not him at all mm-hmm. throughout the entire show. Yeah. Um, so you it, feel it makes me... Yeah, I it makes a lot more sense, because there were some points um, I was listening in on a podcast, and they were like, man, just imagine if we had the penultimate episode is where he loses his armor... They kind of like mock him about not having it. And he's like, it's not about the armor anymore, like fully coming full mm-hmm. circle on who he is or uh, losing his armor when he gets captured in the mines of Mandalore. And he has to kind of deal with that or something. But he just he was just not available. So they had to write so much mm-hmm. of it around that. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense, <laughs> especially the finale, like him, like spoiler, like him chilling in his new home when he's just like laying like laying in the chair, just like. Chilling, that could have been a point where he removes his helmet. Right. With like in front of his new adopted son, but it didn't because production of Mandalorian season three ended before Last of Us even ended. So that's what's so funny. Last of Us started way earlier and the show was still like in production when when Mandalorian was still in production. So that's quite unfortunate that that screwed him, but hey, at least ADR help have the character in it but you kind of understand why they kind of sidelined it because they knew they didn't have the act the actor with it so yeah yeah i went back to horizon forbidden west burning shores after i barely touched it literally i touched it just for a few hours before we started recording and that's kind of why i was like i had a very blasé like reaction to it uh based on just how how little literally i played of it last week and just be like yeah it definitely seems like more horizon now that I have finished it some eight hours later, I think that's how long it took me. Uh, the Burning Shores expansion reminds me that Horizon is always going to be a series that maybe when I'm not playing it, I'm not thinking too much about it. But when I'm playing it, God, is it awesome. But And I would say that the content of Burning Shores in particular is some of my favorite that I've seen of like either two of the games. Uh, the level of scale they were able to extract out of the PS5 now that is now that it's just a PS5 only thing. Uh, there were some pictures that I was sending you, like throughout th- throughout my playthrough the last two days. That thing was stunning, and especially the scale of how it ends, which is like battle with one of those like gigantic robots that you see like just plastered in mountains, like through the skyboxes of that game. You I literally fight one of those, and just the size of that thing, uh, it has to be seen to be believed. Uh, this was guerrilla flexing and being like, hey, whenever we do our next game, and it's just PS5 only, buckle up. Here's here's what you're gonna get, and more importantly, I think like what Burning Shores fixes for me that Forbidden West didn't have is that to me, I like Aloy again as a character. Aloy was very aloof and very like mindset focused on the second game, uh, also because the story of the second game is not really about her. It's more about like what's happening to the world and her and her, her trying to figure out what's happening to like the AIs of the world and all that. So it makes the story like better from like a world building, but lesser, uh, less, like less impactful, like to her, because the first game was all about her finding out uh, why she looks like that hollow, the hologram she keeps seeing of the old world and understanding what Zero Dawn is. And they fix her character by adding a partner with you that is like literally with you the entire expansion. Her name is Seika. She's like she's from that this tribe that is like uh, stranded here in the burning shores of Los Angeles, and this is literally uh, Gorilla's version of like Naughty Dog style like camaraderie, like having someone that bounces back and forth with your character, helps you in combat, 
uh, has fun interactions. They actually nailed that, that, that interaction and it actually unlocked something in Aloy that I'm like, oh man, I hope you have more characters you get to bounce off from whenever you do the third upcoming game that it's clearly set up and, remind, and, and reminds us what was set up at the end of Forbidden West, which was that the most blatant oh yeah there's a sequel coming that's what uh, one of my my bigger problems with forbidden was is like it's so blatant of being like a middle chapter that doesn't resolve anything is like it introduces mm-hmm. the nemesis and i don't know if you remember what since you barely remember this because you're a already well publicized misogynist i'm just kidding <laughs> that um that is like at the end of this game of of the main game you're you're told is like yeah there's this thing called the nemesis that destroyed this far zenith advanced civilizations like from a different planet is coming to earth and then you're like okay we're gonna be ready and then the story just ends and you're like okay that's uh that sucks that there it's like the story literally ends in such a blatant to be continued instead of like uh closing fully the story now and then maybe set up something for later um this dlc at least helps uh give breathing room to that in a way that now, whenever the third game inevitably comes, uh, like at least I'm more in the forefront of my mind and gives me an idea like how cool it can be to still deal with the with this villains from this game, like the super uh, hyper sci-fi villains that we fight at the end of, uh, of Forbidden West that that look like yeah. the old white and all that. It's like that's a really cool aesthetic, and you get one of their weapons. I sh- I showed you a video. Finally. It's, a, it's an auto it's basically like an auto weapon that just shoots, 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 then you reload it and shoots it. It's a not super precise, so you still have to use bow and arrows, but it's nice to combine them. If you're far away, like shoot arrows, if you're getting close, put that gauntlet on and keep shooting it. Um such a such a fun time, but I tell you, Paul, like, you have to see that final boss. Like not just the video that I send you, the pictures that I send, just like that thing was like I had heard that it was like, oh yeah, if you play Burning Shores, make sure you play to the end to witness this final boss. And you know how many people are like, like to be hyperbolic. And I'm at the point where rarely things impress me. This is one of the yeah. times where I was like, oh wow, that's like, I haven't been this impressed visually with something since like God of War three, back in like PS three, like with the with like beauty and scale, like uh, like I was with that thing. So. Last week I said like if you wanted to just play more Horizon for Burning Shores is basically that it's definitely more Horizon. I'm glad that the mood hit as I was just waiting for Jedi Survivor this right. I was like I can't keep playing more Star Wars. I'm gonna burn myself out because I've just been like on Star Wars kick, and I'm still funny enough. It's like I don't feel burnt out on Star Wars, but I was like maybe teether getting into a teetering edge when it came to games. So I was like no, I'm gonna what else can I play? I was like no, I'm gonna play Burning Shores, and then it took me two days. I just mainlined it. Horizon's a really great open world to mainline. It's like, I like how friction-free it is. Like, there's no grind-up specific levels for you to, like, do do things. It feels, like, so well-designed for you to just, like, play through, through it like a linear game. And the spectacle alone, to me, is, like, worth the $20. Which was $10 bucks for because we did a split arrangement here. So, mm-hmm. whenever you're done with Survivor, Paul, if you have the time and the space, give Burning Shores a shot. Prove you don't hate women. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible because every time we go into that whole discussion mm-hmm. i'm like yeah what are you talking about i love all of these girl characters in games and then i'm trying to like think about any game <laughs> with a female lead and i was like oh shoot for some reason or another that's not the gender of the main I character I don't... I don't like it and i can't defend myself because every time there's something i don't mm-hmm. like about those games mm-hmm. so uh, it's just, it so just fu- kills it's just, me it's just it's just so funny and i have to thank our friend sack because he's the one that pointed it out yep. <laughs> so but yeah it's like i, I recommend burning shores like it's um uh, Definitely, like, if you get the burning the, the burning desire to, like, go back into Horizon, especially because they updated it, they added Transmog that wasn't there. It was cool mm-hmm. to be able to have, like, my cool... Um, and this is the uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey style of Transmog. Transmog everything at your heart's content. No need to have to buy use currency to like, be able to change your stuff. It's, like, it's all free. So, mm. Because there's some really ugly... Uh, Custom like, like costumes in that game, and there but there's a few cool ones that are like you get early on, but you don't get like higher level stuff. And I was able to transmog around to make Aloy mm. look like I like her to look uh, early on instead of like the more primitive style. The, the further you went into the Forbidden West, so yeah, 
And once and for all, I have to like stake the claim that this is not caveman. This is Native American. This is more like Native American style thing. Like, especially because I went back to uh, Zero Dawn actually. Like after I finished, I I put Zero Dawn again because I was kind of like, I might as well start like get a get a new run of Zero Dawn going because I'm kind of like in the mood and finished like all the way until like the initial competition. And that's like the only as far as the whole quote unquote caveman aesthetic gets in that game. And it's more like Eskimos, like those ones from like Alaska. So this game is definitely more like Native American into like colonialism, like style of like society advancement than than, yeah. than just caveman. It's just that then it just becomes more native uh, or later on when you go into Forbidden West. But yep, fun time. Enjoyed it. In fact, I would say like it's behind Resident Evil 4 is my second favorite thing that I played so far this year. That's how much I enjoyed uh, Burning Shores. So enough of that, Paul. Uh, we got a few news and we got to like address the elephant in the room. So... Press X. Or some news. Review Roundup, Paul. Story number one for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The game, uh, the review embargo lifted yesterday at like 9 a.m. My, my time, like you're 11, you're, you're 11 at your time. And the Metacritic and Open Critic average so far is a, is an 86. After 86 and 92 recorded reviews have been like gathered around and, and given it the average. So in review averages, this puts Jedi Survivor behind Metro Prime Remaster at a 94, Resident Evil 4 at a 93, Dead Space Remake at an 89, Hi-Fi Rush at an, at an 87 for the high-profile game releases so far released this year. But it's ahead of Hogwarts Legacy that landed at an 84. So. Here's a, uh, I, I gather five of the more notable reviews that I wanted to read, at least like the blurbs. So we got The Guardian, a very like prestigious uh, magazine from the UK. Gave it a 5 out of 5, aka a 10 out of 10, if you want to read it that way. And it says, It might not quite match the narrative prowess of Bioware's Knights of the Old Republic, but Jedi Survivor has so much else going for it. Whether you're tracking down optional bounty hunters, solving the puzzles in those Jedi temples, or searching Kaboss many obscure thoroughfares or character upgrades, the game's tactile controls and precisely balanced challenge make it constantly rewarding. Meanwhile, its biggest moments rival anything uh, anything games like God of War or Elden Ring can throw at you. Be assured, this is the Star Wars game you're looking for. Reviewer uh, Rick Lane. So, uh, BGC Video Games Chronicle also gave it a 5 out of 5, and it says, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is Star Wars at its very best. A thrilling adventure with a stellar cast tied together with smart, expensive combat a huge new world to explore. And performance issues aside, it's easily one of the best Star Wars games ever made and only makes us want more tales from the adventures of Cal Kessis and BD-1. That's a, that was a review by Jordan Midler. So Game Informer uh, came in at a 9.25, which is like a 9.3, and, and reviewer Matt Miller says, Developer Respawn Entertainment clearly took a measured and thoughtful approach to analyze what worked and what didn't in its last Star Wars game, and Jedi Survivor feels like a worthy attempt at evolution. It captures the magic of Star Wars as well as anything in the current canon, and it's a stellar adventure in its own right. Still, nailing the fantasy of being a Jedi doesn't hurt. So, IGN came in with a 9 out of 10, with reviewer Dan Stapleton saying, Star Wars Jedi Survivor takes what Fallen Order achieved and Wall runs with it, then double jumps and air dashes straight into an epic lightsaber battle. Rather than taking us back to square one to begin Cal's journey as a Padawan again, we're trusted with control of a full-fledged Jedi Knight who we can grow into a master of superhuman mobility and fantastic and challenging combat. With a new set of larger, more diverse, and densely packed worlds to explore, and a memorable cast of returning characters, Survivor tells a story that may be predictable, but is still fun and at times emotional to watch play out. Launch performance issues aside, it's a sequel that does virtually everything better than the original, which was already an exceptional Star Wars game. If Respawn makes one more like this, it'll complete the best Star Wars trilogy in 30 years, hands down. And then uh, GameSpot came in with like a shorter like blurb. Uh, it says, uh, gave it an 8. It says, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is a superb Star Wars game that gets into the nitty gritty of the struggle of what it takes for a Jedi Knight to begin the journey towards the rank of Master. So, 86 Metacritic, Paul. Uh, with, with what you read from this bl the blurbs of at least these five notable ones, what's your hype level? so high <laughs> everything that they said i think one of the best descriptions i don't remember who said it but it was uh jedi survivor is the best game best star wars game since knights of the old republic and i was just like 
I, I am so excited for this game. I don't think I've been this excited for a game in a while. Um, that was me man. with Ra- that was me with Ragnarok last year. Oh, until like I finally could like breathe and and sigh of relief of knowing that Ragnarok was actually coming when they said it was coming. And that's a, that's as far as they I still got. Still, never said the game went gold either. So yeah. I guess they just they're gonna keep working until release, but. Oh, I mean, like, I get the performance issues, especially for, like, PC and stuff, and it just seems to be, it's it's common enough now that, oh, what are we Story saying? number two. So, oh. so yeah, a story by Tom yeah. Ivan by VGC. EA is planning weeks of Star Wars Jedi Survivor patches to fix bugs and performance issues. Despite a delay for polishing, the game looks set to launch with a significant number of issues. Uh, following a six-week delay designed to, quote-unquote, achieve the level of polish our fans re- deserve, the Respawn developed sequel will be released on April 28th. Ahead of its arrival on Friday, the game has largely reviewed well, garnering scores of 87 over on Xbox Series X and S, which only had like five reviews, uh, 86 on PS5, which I've already mentioned had like 86 reviews total, and an 81 on PC, which has like a 15 reviews together, on review aggregation side Metacritic. However, many critics also highlighted performance issues that marred their experience, and some suggested fans might be better waiting until these had been addressed before playing the game. Shortly after reviews dropped on Wednesday, EA said the game's first patch will arrive on launch day for all platforms, and, quote, in the weeks ahead, it's planning to release patches that will fix bugs, improve performance, and introduce more accessibility features. Uh, quote, in the game's open area, the frame rate, even in the game's performance mode, was worryingly inconsistent, BGC Star Wars Jedi Survivor review noted. Screen tearing was a regular occurrence, and level of detail pop-in was a regular issue. The game all also seemed to struggle to load in certain areas, forcing us to wait at the door of the saloon while it struggled to populate the interior. Kobot and its large open play space seemed to be the issue, as in, as in the more linear levels the game ran extremely well. The quality mode is supposed to trade the 60fps experience for 30fps and improve visuals, but considering that the game performs poorly in the open open spaces even on performance, we recommend playing on quality mode to fully take advantage of its excellent visuals. BGC tested the game on PS5 for its review, which labeled the sequel Star Wars at its very best. It concluded the performance issues we encountered were disappointing, but didn't dampen the excitement of exploring the galaxy with some of the best characters of the Disney era. So, I feel I just pictured this fall. I feel like it landed on 86 because of the performance issues. Imagine if it didn't have those. I think it would have easily hit like a mid 90s. Mid 90s, yeah. Um, based on what everybody's saying, it's like that general consensus of, yeah, so it's got some issues. It's got some things that are like a little annoying, but not game breaking. Mm-hmm. And at least not for PC. Um, yeah. But like the absolute hype that everybody is feeling involving this game from every angle is just it's enough that I'm fully even more sold on everything that's about to come to us in the next 20 ish four hours. Yeah, just to give more perspective on that, like performance problems, uh, especially on PC, we got skill up. He tweeted uh, 23 hours ago, he says, I'll have a Jedi Survivor review up later, but right now I can say that it's a great game that you should absolutely avoid if you're playing on PC, for now at least. Mm. The port is a total mess, namely awful FPS performance that cannot be improved through any setting changes. It struggles to maintain 40 FPS on a 2080 Ti 3700X and my 4090-5950X cannot sustain a solid FPS. By the way, that's like the highest of tiers of like graphics cards. Uh, there's also a grain breaking audio bug at the moment that ruins every cutscene. That sounds familiar, Paul. <laughs> so there's a yeah. There, yeah, there's a PC patch planned for the 28th. Recommend waiting until the impacts of that patch are confirmed. So if you're looking into playing this thing on PC, that's where I've been hearing more uh, the horror stories of this thing. Uh, our friend uh, Duchess, he put in our chat that they found out like through the line that apparently it's like a memory leak. That's like the Cyberpunk 2077 problem and Skyrim problem that a memory leak was like causing all the all, all those issues. Uh, so here's hoping. That's the thing. Like uh, many people are saying that ignoring these technical issues, this thing is really good, and I just can't wait. It's like it's so literally so close, and I'm reviewing it also. So now I'll, I'll get to see how it is. Like post like I'll get to review what everyone plays. That's kind of like the advantage of not getting early review code because now i get to like tell it tell it like how it is i post the 28th patch 
Could it get worse? It's happened. Uh, Elden Ring's day one patch actually broke the game on PC. Uh, I heard that. Uh, Cyberpunk's day one patch made it worse than the review period also. So there's there's been times where even when they say, oh yeah, the day one patch is going to fix everything. Don't worry. It's like it makes things worse. The only time that a day one patch actually gave a different experience than reviewers was Days Gone. Like all those reviews mm. that reviewed Days Gone uh, back in 2019 was like yeah. were not congruent at all like from a technical sense by the time we got it at launch. And it got like seven patches within the same week, so... Should they have delayed this, Paul? If they're gonna do doing weeks? No. <laughs> I... Um, I am truly impatient enough that I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, I I think I... It's It sounds really dumb and it's gonna be so lowbrow, I guess, but it's almost like... I don't care enough about the smoothness of some games when it's exactly what I'm looking for already, mm -hmm. that I just want to play the game and I will legitimately go back a second time after it's done being fixed and just enjoy it again. And so I think that depends very subjectively from person to person at a certain point. Mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely not a metric to decide whether or not to hold off on releasing a game but at the same time i am excited enough about what is there i guess it's this it's the uh early release mm -hmm. uh problem where it's like all right you can play this with all the issues and eventually they'll be fixed if you like it enough mm -hmm. feel free to keep playing uh if you don't just wait till it's done and for a lot of people they hate that whole concept and for some people that's perfectly acceptable because they love what it is enough that they'll just keep playing until it's fixed you know yeah. if it's just performance issues for me i'll manage that's the thing like we've yeah. been spoiled with how good performance has been in many games but how often have i played many games where the performance is not great i've done that a lot of times in my life and i still come out and enjoy the those things to me like the only thing that could hamper me is if there's like actually game breaking bugs which i have heard like i heard from a review that uh, there were times where some doors didn't open so you had to restart the game they had had uh, gaming crashes that could be the thing that could like uh lower it for me if we're playing it right now as it's coming but i feel like this is as far as it could push it because we know what's coming what's coming in like two weeks then what's coming a few weeks after and then the few weeks after is like this came to release like in the middle of the bloodiest of bloodbaths that we're about to have in gaming and one of the biggest feasts we're gonna have like in a summer like probably ever ea was probably was like okay we gave you six weeks to polish it up can you imagine how this would have been in march 17 had they not delayed it so i i do in hindsight i'm glad that they held off because clearly they needed that time mm -hmm. uh oof. I I think it's a good thing that whatever they're doing is just uh, just barely enough to earn these good scores. Mm. That's that's probably the shocking thing is like you keep hearing about all these performance issues and it still came out scoring significantly yeah. better than the original. And that game also launched a little like half cooked. So we'll see. It's like we'll get to see for ourselves in literally six hours. So. Let's hope True. for the best for that day one patch. Maybe this is going to be a Days Gone situation where that day one patch is actually going to be the fully cooked thing that uh, the Respawn worked six weeks on to make this True. thing launch better for the people that matter. So I did hear there, like, it's supposed to do a lot. So hopefully. <laughs> and there's New Game Plus already launching immediately. I'm so happy they're doing that because it feels like, it feels like they're giving us a reason to play that game again immediately instead of having to wait six weeks like six months for that to launch kind of like with god of War ragnarok that waited this long to get like a new game plus so maybe by the time new game plus starts for us like they have patched it even more and it's even cooler and we get to go through the thing again but we'll see next week paul we're definitely going to give our thoughts in this game right oh, uh, yeah, yeah. On, i cannot uh, yeah. wait recording right in our recording time which will actually be made the fourth i can't imagine like i can't think paul of like a more perfect set of set of circumstances the second anniversary of like a full like a full 52 weeks uh us doing the show a, a star wars game launching in recording in the middle of star wars day like how does that happen i don't know how i 
timed that so perfectly that I can't wait. And I hope we're gushing. And I hope it doesn't turn into another uh, Hogwarts Legacy situation, which I doubt it will. So, story number three. <laughs> this also launched today. I was like, by the way, it's like this week also gave us uh, previews for Tears of the Kingdom. And now this also, apparently there was previews for this game that that were also kind of like in the canon. They all like got unleashed today. It was like, this week's been packed, I tell you. On top of things happening in the real world that are also hilarious that happened on Monday. Remember that screenshot that I told you? It's like, just on Monday, <laughs> this list of, this sure. list of things. <laughs> so, starting on number three, Armor Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, from Software's next game, gets August release date. From Software, the developer behind last year's critically acclaimed Elden Ring, announced Armor Core 6, Fires of Rubicon at the Game, game Awards in 2022. Now, less than six months later, we have a release date, and it's probably sooner than you expected. That's because Armor Core 6 hits PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on August 25th, 2023. From Software announced, announced this out of nowhere with a surprise trailer today that runs more than three minutes long. It features plenty of flashing Mac action and some teases about what might be going on in this beautiful but distraught sci-fi world. Paul, when I saw that trailer, I was like, in awe. That looks so cool. It's so cool looking. Just the level of detail like the slow-mo of like there is a clip of your character firing a missile and it's in slow mos and shows it breaking up into like a cluster shot and it's like very very clearly put with so much effort oh my goodness like the bosses that your character is gliding around and jumping over and stuff it this is gorgeous this is like just like how ace combat is built for the plane nerds this is built for like all of the mech nerds to just really gush about all of this absolutely it's like uh i really love the mix of mech and post-apocalyptic like nightmare and that's like mm. how this looks and literally this series has been dormant for 10 years 2013 was the last game that i had that from this franchise and now it's like they're here's what's so funny they're saying armor core 6 is a reboot like a fresh start and i'm like why are you putting the 6 then <laughs> like you could have just called it armor core fires of rubicon uh but hey it's like maybe to try to bring people back be like hey remember armor core 5 that last one that you guys really liked more than four we're back but this can be the you all knew from software believers that are like praising us at the altar after elden ring and dark souls it's like Here's what we originally did, and we're bringing that back while still adding some salty stuff from like what I've been reading with the previews. That uh, they're adding things like the, like like, like the, uh, what's the stat that that like that can stagger and uh, like like a character. I'm trying to remember what what that was called, like Dark Souls, uh, posture. That they're like they're they're adding like things like posture, the scale of bosses, and all that. I'm like. I haven't played Armor Core since like four because I rented that and because I trust from software now. It's like they gave us a game for August. I can't wait. It's like it. How cool, Paul! This was announced in December and it's out in August. More, I... of, more of this, please, developers, please. There's like, we're back finally. Feels like gaming is back to like the that this past three years of just perpetual disappointment and uncertainty of like okay, are we even gonna be able to enjoy games because there's always that like that thing that could be delayed it feels so nice that we're getting games again man 2023 is awesome so. Dude, I, I just can't believe that we're getting another game in that summer mm -hmm. that end of summer is already just so crazy um to be fair it's like what's in july because Final Fantasy could last us from the end of June and all through July, and then this could be like ready, yeah. like ready right on time. So right, I mean, if something takes up any of our time, that July is going to be a great opportunity to catch up with anything else. You know what? The Curious Case of Benedict Fox came out today, and we completely forgot about that. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like I've just been uh, watching Star Wars. So. Yeah, I think I I, 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 I put it in a download. I might try it, but that's the thing. Like. That's not gonna get any play for me right now. It's just Jedi Survivor time, especially because I have to review it for a season gaming. So, mm. Armor Core being like at the end of August, so cool. It's just nine days before Starfield, also. And when Spider Man, we know Spider Man is allegedly September, also. So, 
in that period of time, there's gonna be like Armor Core 6, Starfield, and Spider-Man. This feels like the early aughts of me. Like I remember, remember that 360 PS3 era getting so many games like back to back. It feels nice. It definitely mm. feels nice. Mm -mm. Story number four. Guerrilla Games teases Aloy's next adventure in new studio statement. Just a few days, a story by Wesley LeBlanc uh, from a Game Informer. Just a few days away from the launch of Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores DLC last week, Guerrilla Games has teased more adventures with Aloy. This news comes from a statement released by the studio to announce that studio director and executive producer Angie Smits is leaving Guerrilla to serve as the head of development strategy for PlayStation Studios. It's a move similar to the one of team's former managing director, Herman Holst, made in 2019, transitioning from that director position to head of Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios. Within that statement, Guerrilla teases what could be Horizon 3 or at least a third game in Aloy's world, as reported by PlayStation Lifestyle. Quote, We have full confidence in our new leadership as they steer Guerrilla towards a bright future, expanding the world of Horizon with Aloy's next adventure and our exciting online project, this statement reads. As you can see, Guerrilla isn't trying to hide it. The studio has plans for another adventure with Aloy. And while rumors and speculation point to the exciting online project being some kind of multiplayer game within the Horizon world, this statement made sure to separate Aloy's next adventure and that online project. In terms of the studio's new makeup, the management team now consists of studio and production director Joe Ashler, studio director and general manager Hella Schmidt, and studio and art director Jan Vard van Beek. Technical director Michael Vanderlee will be focusing on a future technology and strategy for the Decima engine. So, basically, just uh, studio shakeups over at the Gorilla, but the positive ones. Still working for Sony, just like climbing up the ladder. I'll, I'll mm. say this like the execution of how Horizon has been as a franchise, like ignoring how it just gets ignored because of the unfortunate timing of its releases. Horizon is just quality. Like the people that work on Horizon have proved that they can make quality games. And these are the kind of people I want overseeing, like the general portfolio of PlayStation Studios, because at the very least, they maintain a level of quality and at least have come out in a consistent manner. So getting Angie Smith next to Herman Holtz, who came out of this, is like, that's a big win because they're actually, I know that's PlayStation for all their failings. And we know that they, that they have a clown, an absolute clown at the top with Jim Ryan, uh, saying some stupid stuff. It seems that at the very least in the places that matter for the things that matter to us, which is game development and, and portfolio management, they're putting actual people that know how to manage things. Compare this to what's happening over at Microsoft, that for some reason for the life of them, like can't just keep struggling and releasing games. Then, I mean, Redfall's coming next week. Yeah, at 30 frames. Great job, guys. Yeah. So, and basically just confirming the inevitable that it was already teased. Horizon 3 is coming. The online project I'm interested about because there were some leaks that showed a different art style in a horizon mm -hmm. that was more like cartoony with a little bit more personality they always say like the art style of horizon is still very striking in a very like high quality high def uh realistic photorealism sort of prettiness that multiplayer game seemed more like cartoonish and that something can work really well with a game they want to monetize a lot and blah 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 so since that leaked, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear this in the hypothetical PlayStation Showcase probably soon this month, Paul. <laughs> so, because... I, like, I'm glad for all of these changes, and I'm glad that Gorilla is clearly doing all of the right stuff. Um, I do wish that they got their time in the limelight out of this, but maybe the multiplayer will hit just right, and maybe the... Yeah. Horizon 3 will hit. Yeah, Horizon, literally, Horizon is literally just one good release away. Like, one release date away from being a, a massive hit. I still stand yeah. that had this game, Forbidden West, come out in 2021 when it was supposed to, that would have cleaned up easy that year. But it had to come into the, into the battle where Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok came to the slugfest and they just kind of got knocked out of the competition like almost, almost immediately because those games are obviously better. IMO, but that's the thing. Those games are better. Doesn't take away the fact that Forbidden West is really good, and it deserves like, like the Horizon franchise deserves its flowers. Please, Gorilla, plan better when to release these things. Do you, you deserve the limelight, not next to? But that's the thing. Like, their time is that they release next to generational defining games. Does I can never imagine like a worse timing for this kind of game. So, oh man, hey, Horizon Three is coming. So. One of the few PlayStation current uh, franchises that's gonna hit trilogy. We haven't had one since Uncharted Three, Killzone Three, Resistance Three. 
because of the protect protected development cycle. So, and we may hear about these things in the alleged PlayStation showcase because this next news may give us an idea that may, Sony may be wanting to talk about now because some things may have swayed in their favor in an ironic way. Final story, Paul, uh, by Wesley LeBlanc. UK regulators block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard over cloud gaming concerns. The Competition and Markets Authority, a UK regulatory agency that serves the same function as the Federal Trade Commission in the US, has blocked Microsoft's pending $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard over cloud gaming concerns. This news is somewhat shocking, as quite a few experts predicted the CMA would allow the deal to go through. And while this block presents a large barrier to Microsoft's progress towards, uh, forward toward this acquisition, it's not a be-all, end-all for the purchase. Microsoft says it remains dedicated to this acquisition and will appeal the CMA's ruling. As for why the CMA is moving to prevent the acquisition, it cites concerns the deal would alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come, in its official announcement. Uh, the final decision to prevent the deal comes after Microsoft's proposed solution failed to effectively address the concerns in the cloud gaming sector, outlining the Competition and Markets Authority provisional findings published in February, it continues. Microsoft has a strong position in cloud gaming services, and the evidence available to the CMA showed that Microsoft will find it commercially beneficial to make Activision games exclusive to its own cloud gaming service. It says elsewhere in the announcement that this deal would reinforce Microsoft's advantage in the market by giving it control over important gaming content such as Call of Duty, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft, and that evidence available to the CMA indicates that absent the merger, Activision would start providing games via cloud platforms in the foreseeable future. Prior to this block, Microsoft did submit a proposal to address some of the CMA's concerns, but ultimately, it failed to sway the agency. The CMA laid out a number of significant shortcomings connected with the growing and fast-moving nature of cloud gaming services for Microsoft's proposal. It did not sufficiently cover different cloud gaming service business models, including multi-game subscription services. It was not sufficiently open to providers who might wish to offer versions of games on PC operating systems other than Windows and it would standardize the terms and conditions of which games are available, as opposed to them being determined by the dynamism and creativity of competition in the market, as would be expected in the absence of the merger. Microsoft released a statement about today's announcement, citing that it is disappointed the decision seemingly reflects a flawed understanding of the video game and cloud gaming market. It will appeal the decision. Here's Microsoft's statement in full from Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. We remain fully committed to this acquisition and will appeal. The CMA's decision rejects a pragmatic path to address competition concerns and discourages technology innovation and investment in the United Kingdom. We have already signed contracts to make Activision Blizzard's popular games available on 150 million more devices, and we remain committed to reinforcing these agreements through regulatory remedies. We're especially disappointed that after lengthy deliberations, this decision appears to reflect a flawed understanding of this market and the way the relevant cloud technology actually works. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick released a statement about the CMA's decision following its announcement as well. You can read it, uh, you can hear it. Today, the Competition and Markets Authority regulatory agency in the UK decided not to approve our merger with Microsoft. This isn't the news we wanted, but it's far from the final word on this deal. Alongside Microsoft, we can and will contest this decision, and we've already begun the work to appeal to the UK Competition Appeals Tribunal. We're confident in our case because the facts are on our side. This deal is good for competition. The UK hopes to grow its leadership position in technology, and combined Microsoft Activision would accomplish exactly that. At a time when the fields of machine learning and artificial intelligence are thriving, we know the UK market would benefit from Microsoft's bench strength in both domains, as well as our ability to put those technologies to use immediately. By contrast, if the CMA's decision holds, it would stifle investment, competition, and job creation throughout the UK gaming industry, blah 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 blah. So, I'll say this. I think but, you had me through like three quarters yeah. of it. I was being really good, and then yeah. at some point, my eyes just glazed. No, over and, 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 and that one just—it uh. I, I was just creating so much like BS that it's like. <laughs> uh, there was also this article that President Brad Smith said. Like, let me quote you this. It's like hilarious the way the way they put this because I actually dunked on them, dunked on them. Uh, Microsoft says Activision deal block is the darkest day in four decades in Britain. Britain. Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, you're not gonna let us spend the seventy billion dollars. Yeah, go go fuck yourself, Microsoft. Like, who cares? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. stay in Britain in forty years. I feel like there might be a few uh, yeah. big events that might have been <laughs> a slightly higher uh, mm -hmm. importance. Exactly. So I'm like, uh. Uh, 
they have been trying to present themselves as like the benevolent company that's gonna like don't worry guys uh, we're going to uh we're signing all these deals to promise you that we're not gonna like foreclose in, in these businesses to make everything exclusive and give us such a big advantage in the market and i can imagine the cma smelled the bs they totally totally smelled the bs and they can cry they can cry a river for all i care uh from what i understand like trying to appeal a cma thing it's actually really hard it's like mm. they have they're the ones that are like forcing uh meta to divest from giphy they're the ones that like uh stonewalled amd so the thing is that uh here's what's also funny microsoft had been running ads in the uk saying that it's like the merger wasn't gonna complete they're gonna be offering Ooh. all this stuff it was like they were swinging the big dick they were swinging uh. it so hard and oh man this is delicious what the thing i hate about this poll though is mm. that because they want to appeal this it can take up to three years for that appeal to go through three years and they're not willing to like to, to let this go it's like I can't imagine if a worse story that has just been ongoing. You mentioned it today in our chat. This is like the Amber Heard slash Johnny Depp uh, of, of gaming right now. Just yeah. something that just keeps on going and going. And Specifically, so yeah, and the concept of everybody jumps on and acts like they know what they're talking mm -hmm. about and then just fills the media with all of their unwarranted mm. suggestions. Yeah. Uh, most of which are just not right at all. Yeah, and here's the danger for Microsoft now is like, from what I understand, uh, the EU that has still have their preliminary like decision to to say what they're gonna say about this deal because UK and EU are completely separate markets due to Brexit. Uh, usually, whatever the CMA decides, the EU also like falls through because if they hear the UK says something, they're gonna be like, okay, they said this, so we might as well also say the same thing. Uh, hmm. They were hoping, from what I've been hearing from the people that are quote unquote in the know that understand mergers and acquisitions and all that, that it was looking like the CMA and the EU were going to let this deal go through, especially when we talked about a few weeks ago when they said that uh, they didn't find that Microsoft had the intention to make Call of Duty exclusive because it would be so much money on the table. So they couldn't imagine that it would be like financially beneficial for them to like close up that market. So obviously they were going to keep their they, they knew they were going to keep their word and keeping that game everywhere. So that was another concern. It's cloud where they got screwed because uh, really funny, honestly. Yeah. It's like Microsoft's whole investments on the Azure, uh, on the on the Azure cloud uh, servers, uh, has been like now it's kicking them in the butt because yeah, obviously like you need innovators in the in the space. People are gonna push the technology and all that, but there's also kind of like the danger when you're that and then you're acquiring all of that. It looks bad, no matter how good uh, you say you're gonna be to your competitors and blah 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 and all that. It's like. There's always, you always feel like there's going to be a shoe that's going to drop. And from what I understand is apparently uh, what was being proposed that wasn't mentioned here was that it was, the CMA would have had to keep enforcing, making sure that Microsoft keep kept like, kept their work going like every few years. And then, and then they just went, uh, fuck it. They literally were like, no, we're just blocking. <laughs> so instead of having to go through a process of having to keep uh, enforcing this and I want to see Microsoft keep trying to absorb this company still embroiled in so much sexual harassment thing. Hey, everyone, remember remember that two years ago when it was like the the state of California was seeing Activision Blizzard and all that? All of that got quiet because of this uh, of this acquisition. So it's just so funny. It's like I want to see them fight this to the nail. Uh, the thing is that if the EU blocks, it's over. Because then the FTC is just going to go and block because they, they're going to say, even though like the FTC had the weakest case to try to block them, uh, if Microsoft was going to try to like put, make sure that the deal went through in the UK and EU and then take the FTC to court to prove them. It's like, why do you want it to block? It's like, they let it go through. It's like, see, if one of these like block, it's like, it's over. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't even know what's going to go down anymore because... I mean, if they do get it, it's just going to be a tooth and nail fight for three whatever years. Mm -hmm. And either way, it's not really going to matter to any of us uh, mm -hmm. for a while. So yeah, I uh, I just kind of hope we stop hearing about it for a yeah. while. Yeah, to me in particular, because we play more on PlayStation. It's like after learning that this stupid deal is what prevented us from getting a showcase last year, 
because of the way Sony was trying to present themselves to make a case for why this this thing shouldn't go. It's like that's when to me got personal. I keep saying that. It's like it was like yeah. It's like it screwed us because of what of the reverberations of what this deal was doing for the company. We want to hear more from their exclusives about. So we had heard that there's a showcase that apparently is going to be in May for Sony. Maybe like early June from what we heard. It's like that. That seems to be like a closer reality now. It does seem funny that with this being blocked, it would be funny. Sony be like, "Hey, we got a showcase." <laughs> like when they heard like something stonewalled something. So, and the irony, uh, Sony still has the Call of Duty marketing for this year and next year still. So, they did all of that, but they still have to prevent the game that they don't want to go through. It's, it's just it's such a mess. But to me, just hearing that the darkest day in four decades in Britain, I was like, that's when I was like, no, guys, it's like. I wanted you guys to have this because I just wanted this deal to get done. I was like, I just didn't care. But now, this, this was just... So, I was like, when I woke up to that and I showed you that this month, I was like, wow. I was like... And it was actually Wednesday before the Jedi Survivor review. So I was like, I was not expecting that many big news out of this. Like, I thought it was a done deal. In fact, the day before, there were many tweets you can find and be like, oh yeah, it's like, Marcus is getting close to like closing up this deal. I was like, those things didn't age well. And... I tell you, more insufferable Xbots to block in my For You page has been like really fun to be doing whenever I, whenever I do that. So, oh well. well oh like? my gosh! Yeah, it's like I, it, even when we thought it would be over, Paul, it's not over. It's now continuously it's just, gonna keep going. It won't it sucks. stop. It sucks, but it was still funny. It's still funny. It was just like Microsoft is gonna be crybabies about it, but it's more to me. It's just funny because. I know that Bobby Kotick, the one that we, I just blah 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 his whole statement. He wants this deal to deal to go through because he wants his platinum parachute to not have to deal with the repercussions of the sexual harassment at Activision and all of that. Because they were gonna give him the parachute because then Microsoft was gonna be like, no, don't worry, we're gonna be the ones that are gonna clean this place. You get out of here with all your millions of dollars. That's why he wants this this thing to go through. So, and if it doesn't go through, it's like. Then he has to like face the fire, <laughs> so and he obviously doesn't want that because he wants this thing to go through. So more drama, and I just can't wait for to see what the next big thing will be for that. So I'm just glad Jedi Survivor comes out tonight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> By the way, just a tweet from uh, Ryan McCaffrey, which is a uh, which is a uh, what call it uh, the head of the Xbox podcast over at IGN. He just tweeted an Xbox podcaster's worst nightmare. And he just put a quote, a quote, is like, outcomes remain and why we're likely going to be hearing about this deal for months and potentially years to come. I feel bad for Xbox only people. That's all they have to talk about because they can't enjoy games. <laughs> so They're not allowed to. Yeah. And it's... not only that, but we keep getting our Armored Core 6s mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy 16s yeah. and they have Redfall. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, I'm, I'm glad we have all the consoles. Like, we can play it with, like, Benedict Fox is going to be there for Game Pass. It's like, I'm glad we can still dip our toe everywhere. But imagine just being only in one, especially if we were just on Xbox. I would feel miserable. Like, see, this being, like, the discourse yeah. and just being in that uh, in that, in, in that platform. Like, your games n- never launching, like, how they should. Uh, discourse always being, like, so negative. It's like, everything they can only care about is just acquiring things. It's like, it's so, that sucks that... The only things that you can talk about in your in your ecosystem is just swallowing up competitions because for some reason everything you have just is not producing. That just yeah. sucks. Is this uh and Lord. for more for, for as much as we clown on PlayStation and they deserve to be clowned. At least in the things that matter. We've gotten games from them that have been really good. All of them do. I'm just glad that I happen to pick the game system that gets more game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But hey, eventually uh. one day those 23 studios are going to produce, Paul. One day. Then they might be singing a different tune. It just sucks that they need to hear and now. That's how it feels like to be over in that side. So, multi-platform ownership forever. Because otherwise you wouldn't be able to enjoy Zelda that's coming in two weeks also. But, Paul, tell me, what are the games releasing from, from April 30th to May 6th? It's already May. There is... Golly. Uh, we get Age of Wonders 4 for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC on May 2nd. Redfall coming on Xbox Series X and S and PC finally on May 2nd. Super Dungeon Maker on Switch and PC on May 3rd. Ravenlock 
on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC on May 4th, and Death or Treat on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. Literally, literally only Redfall matters here. And even then, I'm going to try it just to see how it runs in our system, but... It's We're finally survive. getting to that stage where uh -huh. th there's no last-gen stuff on there, technically. Yeah. So it's like, like we're you could argue the switch, but I mean, I'm not going to talk yeah, about that one right for now. The, for the systems that matter, I'm glad that we're finally like moving on. Um, mm. I tell you, when I finally saw what Gorilla did for Burning Shores, just with PS5 only, I'm like, this is why we needed to let go of the old systems. It's like, it has to be seen to believe why it's important for developers to finally let go of the PS4 and the Xbox One. So, I'm hoping for the best for Redfly. I tell you, it's like, for, I'm a clown on Microsoft. I feel the Xbox gamers need a win. Like, gamers that are gaming there that, that want exclusives, I hope Redfall shocks people. I hope that uh, it's the one that can start, like, again, a positive sentiment that they sort of got back in 2021, but they haven't gotten since then. It's just been negative in that in, in that space, and they, they need a win. Because imagine if the other shoe was in the other foot, if we were just taking yeah. else after else after else. So. They need they, they need that uh, especially it when it's so disheartening. Yeah, it's like can you imagine? It's like imagine if they didn't have Game Pass. God, just thinking about that is like Game Pass is literally the water draft for that for that company. If they didn't have Game Pass, they'd actually put effort into making games. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that could be like a, something worth discussing. Is it's the a reason? Crutch. Yeah, it's like is, is this the reason why we're not getting games because it's like Game Pass is kind of keeping them afloat in a way instead of get instead of putting like the pressure we got to put things out but yep. xbox sales are going down but apparently their revenue for uh subscriptions is going up so we know what they care about so paul that's it for this week this is like episode 99 a little like uh rowdy this week for me but uh episode 100 next week uh it's all about jedi survivor i tell you it's all coming together it's all coming together so I'll see you next week for that special occasion. And for everyone that listens to the show, we want to thank you so much. It's been 99 episodes. Like people have come and gone. They're like I see those listenerships. It's like they have fluctuated, but it's like it's still growing, especially over on audio side. And I'm like, yeah, it's like we we got a few people going. It's like obviously we wish we could be bigger, but considering we don't promote, like we don't like pay for ads and all that. Just like the endemic growth of the show, just by itself, has been like something that I've enjoyed and has kept us going because remember there was a point where we were not seeing growth and suddenly we we're like oh, wait a second there's people yeah. listening so back in like 20 but anybody who sponsors uh don't think that we're too proud to not sell out yeah <laughs> that's the thing like wait like sponsors have to come to us <laughs> it's, it's like i'm not gonna be like pursuing that like aggressively not right now today's sponsor so. is raid shadow legends <laughs> <laughs> so that would be funny like doing like ad reads and all that but yeah Jedi Survivor just in five hours from from now, Paul. So, I'm debating Paul. legitimately trying to stay up an extra hour tonight, like just, to just taking the hit yeah. to get like a little bit of time in. I'm I'm deciding, frankly, because I really want to play something. I don't want to wait till the entire day mm -hmm. finishes up tomorrow. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm killing time just finishing the sequel trilogy. So that'd be fun. True. I lower my excitement for <laughs> Jedi Survivor to. Uh, Boost with the up. sequels it's probably helping you quite a bit honestly yeah <laughs> you're really lower in that bar and then uh, jedi survivor comes in right at the end of rise of skywalker oh yeah <laughs> clean transition oh yeah i couldn't have, have timed it perfectly but yeah everyone thank you so much stay healthy stay safe and remember press x to play good night everybody hasta luego i'm at dorkovard on twitter and i'm a a, a, a underscore dorsegovia on twitter also Bye.